0: Welcome to Reconvene 2021 sponsored by Juniper Square, a cloud-based investment management platform used by probably more than half of the real estate private equity firms in attendance at Reconvene this year. I'm Moses Kagan. This conversation is with Neville Roan, co-founder and managing partner of Arc Capital Partners, a minority-owned real estate owner investor dedicated to redefining urban mixed-use environments. All right, so um, Neville and I actually looked at pursuing a deal together years and years ago. So that's when, when we, we first kind of uh, uh, met each other. But um, we uh, had a talk this morning, and uh, his business has, has progressed incredibly since then. And i um, really excited to, to, to get into it with you today, Neville. Thank you. Um, so uh, I want to start out by giving everyone a sense for uh, what Arc is today. And then we're gonna go back and we're gonna talk about kind of how you guys got there.
1: Oh, sure. Yeah, so I'll, I'll try to keep this brief uh, and cut me off because I love what we do. And we, we're, I think we're, you know, in our, our special way, we're trying to make a dent in the universe. But uh, ultimately, uh, we are uh, institutional investors. Uh, we try to be institutional without wanting or being institutionalized. Uh, but, you know, we uh, as a team, uh, we focus on urban mixed use environments. Uh, For us, my partner, uh, Quincy, and and I started the firm, let's see, about almost uh, seven, eight years ago, and having spent almost 30 years in the business of real estate. And uh, while uh, together, and we'll talk about this a little bit, but while together we saw that uh, in urban neighborhoods, uh, in mixed-use environments, uh, there's something special there, right, if you do it the right way, which is, a combination and a hybrid of being a, you know, an extraordinary and visionary developer operator, uh, but also having the discipline of having grown up in institutional world. And marrying that together has been a, a true balancing act that we've been, I think, uh, fortunate to, to work through. And um, you know, with where we are today, uh, we've invested in or advised on about, let's see, about $600 million of real estate. We're positioned today to do about a billion dollars of investing. Uh, we've raised our own, you know, sort of independent discretionary GP fund. Uh, we have uh, a great uh, pension fund partner as well uh, for what we do um, and how we do it. And you know, for us, uh, ultimately, uh, we we as as we spent our careers building what we've done and our skill sets and backgrounds and all that good stuff, uh, we said, well, what's happening to the country, right? What's happening to the neighborhoods? And it was very clear that when you look at the multicultural plurality that's happening in demographics, uh, we call it the pig and the python, you know, the size of the 95 million people who are coming of age today who want something different than the baby boom did. So how can we capture that in the right way, uh, whether it be here in California uh, or in Texas? We'll talk about that. But, you know, we, we think about urban infill, mixed use environments that captures and resonates those who are younger than us those who are cooler than me, uh, but, you know, frankly, a lot of great diversity as well culturally in these communities. And these are the things that we bring to the table that institutions don't tap into quite as much.
0: Fantastic. So um, so so uh, let's get started by talking about uh, uh, how you started this company, because, I mean, I think uh, as we talked about before, Uh, the vast majority of the people here are working more like in the entrepreneurial world. They're syndicating deals, raising from high net worths and family, smaller family offices. Um, And you guys have have definitely gone like a different path and one that that allows for some some pretty stratospheric growth eventually. Um, So but I want to talk about that moment of starting the firm like that's a scary thing. You you and Quincy were uh, at a big real estate private equity shop uh, and for a long time making good money, families, (laughs) Uh, And then you you made this this entrepreneurial leap. So tell me first about the process the process of talking to Quincy about it Getting on board together with the thesis and then and then making that leap.
1: Oh, sure. Sure. Absolutely. Well um, so Quincy and I we had worked together at uh, a a shop called Canyon Partners uh, Which uh, until maybe two months ago was headquartered here in LA. It's now headquartered in Dallas. It's another topic Um, quiet you Texans yeah (laughs) Uh, but um, uh, $25 billion hedge fund, uh, you know, i had been on Wall Street, Quincy been on Wall Street, I've been a developer, Quincy been a developer. Uh, we were, you know, at this shop for 10 years there as well. We probably invested in about $4 billion real estate. Uh, it was mostly, not all, but mostly urban uh, overall. Uh, with that structure, we had both um, invested uh, in the debt of of real estate uh, in transitional stories, on balance sheet or with separate accounts, et cetera. Uh, and then we also had a, a series of urban funds in partnership with Ma- Urban Mavic Magic Johnson. Uh, so, so in any event, you know, we had spent a fair amount of time investing uh, billions of dollars and we said, well, uh, we were coming out of the recession and we just wanted to be honest about what worked and didn't work in what we had seen in the 60 different uh, properties we had acquired, uh, invested in, financed or otherwise in our careers. And um, when we just took a step back and we said, okay, well, let's think about what happened just recently. You know, we probably, couldn't do half a billion dollars of real estate investments because they were a little bit too small for much larger funds.
0: Yeah, I wanna, so I want to dig into that for a second. So mm-hmm. Canyon, big shop, huge funds, you're getting all kinds of interesting deal flow, much of it too small for the for the size checks that Canyon wanted to write.
1: Exactly, exactly. So we saw that there was a gap between sort of the size of what the Canyons of the world and bigger shops wanted to be, you know, focused on, but then... The investments we were looking at were either too complicated, uh, it was you know, sort of took some capital structure expertise, there were things that just a little bit tougher to, uh, to access as a, you know, a, a small family office, so to speak, right? So in this smaller space, highly liquid. In the bigger space, really liquid. In that sort of middle market space, not so much. Right. And that's where, you know, uh, you know, everything's competitive. I'm not going to kid any of you that uh, that that, you know, the world we know know, (laughs) is competitive, Uh, but it's just a little less competitive. It's a little more negotiated. Uh, It's a little more interesting uh, to be in that gap where the capital is not as focused. So we saw that as a huge opportunity set. You have that on the deal side, then you have the country is changing. You have the fact that 50% of the country is going to be, you know, younger in a way, right? In terms of the, this kind of millennial Gen Z wave, frustrating wave, whatever you want to call the generation, yep. right? Uh, you know, is changing the country and where we want these blocks are going to work. Uh, and then you have, you know, sort of a gap in how capital accesses it. And the skill set that we had, you know, was quite diverse in that, again, we've done the real estate, we've done the finance, we've done the Wall Street and the investing so putting all together, it was like, okay, well, something's interesting. So either we bet on you know somebody else and somebody else's firm, or we bet on ourselves, create something special, and also look different.
0: And so. I, I think, I mean, I think um, I, I want to make sure everyone understands the magnitude of the of the risk that you were taking here, because you were again well compensated, family. Um, and uh, and there was this choice as you put it to me downstairs when we were talking uh, the fun lives here are like, you know We're talking 10 year 15 year type commitment So you really face this choice of do we do another one of these at Canyon? Or do we bet on ourselves and go and go off and try to raise raise, raise the stuff ourselves? Um, was it how'd you get your wife on board?
1: <laughs> well, it was scary AF is that a term that is you that can right? go for it. Okay. Yeah, yeah, all right <laughs> but uh, let's see. Well, um, ultimately, uh, credit to my wife and family, uh, but uh, they saw how my eyes, you know, um, glistened, uh, but out of joy, not tears. You know. <laughs> uh, and uh, the hope, right? I mean, I'm the son of Jamaican immigrants. Uh, we have always grown up being entrepreneurial. It's just stuck in how we think about the world. We want to make something, right? Right. Um, not so sure whether or not that's always right for everybody, right? Uh, but when you sort of think about the ability to create something pretty special, uh, and, and uh, while the pie may be smaller, uh, getting a larger slice of that pie for ourselves and our team, that's been important. Uh, when you think about the opportunity set and how um, much of these neighborhoods are changing, being a part of that, uh, and, and then thinking about, well, um, what are we working off of? Right. Do we have savings? Do we have relationships? <laughs> do we have deals? Yep. Uh, do we have experience? Uh, do we have track record? Do we have pedigree? Right. I mean, we sort of, you know, it wasn't um, truly uh, 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 call it 100 sp- percent speculative. Right. I mean, it was probably 80 percent speculative. <laughs> but yeah. Let's, we talk, well, let's, let's talk about that. Yeah. So
0: you, you, you and Quincy had kind of um, uh, worked through a, a thesis. OK. And then you go off on your own. And you it's someday, I think, you know, whatever it is, September 1st, you're in a, in a, you're in a, a subleased office and uh, you're you're as all of us have or many of us have done, um, you're you're faced with the chicken and egg problem of uh, you've got some deal flow coming in. So you're seeing you're seeing deals, but you don't have any capital and you need to kind of figure out how you get the deals without the capital, or the capital, without the deals. Mm-hmm. Walk me through how you guys solved that problem.
1: Sure, so we were fortunate. So we pretty quickly out of the gates um, joined forces with a family office that helped us on uh, not only our firm capital uh, for our company uh, but also co-investment capital in a GP. So we have the firm, the GP and LP, you know, and can we, let's, I want to dig into
0: this a second because just for people who, who, who are not familiar. Mm-hmm. So this is a basically like a seeding relationship effectively. Correct. Mm-hmm. All right. And so they're investing both in ac- actually buying a stake in the GP itself and also then providing you capital to use for things like earnest money deposits and GP co-invest. Okay. Right. Um, that can be a contentious negotiation, obviously. And the, just for people who haven't gone through this before, the issue is, um, you really need the money up front when you're getting started, but then like you know, 10, 20 years later, it can feel pretty onerous if someone owns a piece of you. So that, so, so, looking ahead, trying to negotiate that kind of a deal is, it can be a complicated and difficult and fraught situation. Mm-hmm. So uh, maybe walk us through, I know it's a little bit sensitive, so you, know, you don't have to give details, but um, how did that negotiation go?
1: Well, I mean, I, you know, I can't say that this is something that is common across the board, but it was actually quite good, uh, and there are a couple of reasons for that. The first is that, you know, this uh, family office, uh, they are out of Seattle. Um, uh, it's, it's called Columbia Pacific Advisors. they are a multifamily offices as well, about a couple of billion dollars of AUM, and uh, they have gotten to know us and seen us present uh, as, at Canyon. So they knew who we were. We did not have a relationship with them after the fact. So there was already a base of understanding of how we think about the world. So, and how did they make the money? Well, they made their money in senior living. Talk about another massive demographic shift. Right. So, um, when we talked about the massive demographic shift among millennials, Gen Z, we got it you know, in nanosecond. And then it was a talk, well, how do we determine the best way to call it price for the startup cost and startup risk versus you know, pricing when you're more established with institutional capital behind you? And so there is a path from getting a, from A to Z that we were thoughtful about. And um, they had also seen it work with other investments they'd made in other investment managers.
0: Got it. So there was
1: there was a a few tentacles of familiarity that helped the conversation go better. Uh, But the thing that's great about family offices is that that was probably a ninety day process. Okay. Right, which is much faster than the you know, more typical institutional process.
0: Okay, so that's, so now you've got, you're out on your own and at least you've got some GP capital so that you uh, you can pay, pay rent and maybe some salaries and stuff. Uh, and you've got the money for earnest money deposits and co-invest. Um, did you have deals lined up at that time?
1: Uh, we did, we did. And and this is coming from, you know, our being in the business for a while, but we'd already identified the neighborhoods we liked. We'd already seen a number of investment opportunities that we be liked. And so we did tie them up, you know, on our own. Uh, and it was a way to sort of create a shape around what we're trying to do. So it wasn't a blank check structure. It was here's what we do. It's a continuation of what we've done before, and here's how we can get to. The so next you're stage. so you're
0: signaling to prospective investors. Okay, look, we're this is the thesis, and yeah, we've got some deals. Mm-hmm. Um, mechanical question. We like to get in the weeds here. Mm-hmm. Uh, proof of funds. Um, uh, we've all dealt with this when we were getting started. Uh, you want to go tie up a, a deal that's large versus your personal balance sheet. Broker wants to make sure that you're not full of shit. Mm-hmm. Walk us through how you dealt with that with that particular problem.
1: Sure, sure. Well, um, uh, it's it's a fun topic, and <laughs> it's one of those where, and I think we've all been through it. You know, you sort of need to, um, what was it? That was the act as if, you know, <laughs> right? Was the right term is. Um, but um, but basically, though. Um, we did have our own support. We had the support with the family office as well. Uh, we had relationships that had gone back decades with some of these brokers. So there was already a credibility base we started with so that it wasn't, again, them taking a fire on us. So um, it was a, a bouncing act that you do uh, out of the gates and you just do the best you can um, you know, to, to close that gap.
0: Okay, that makes sense to me. So um, were you able to close on some of those initial deals with just capital from that initial family office, or did you have to go raise outside capital in addition?
1: Uh, Good question. So we, on purpose, we we closed with them, you know, 100% in a a few deals, Uh, but then we also wanted to bring in other investors as well along the way. So we did have a couple institutional partners coming with us on some of the earlier deals. Uh, because you know for us the goal was always to you know, we're going from a family office world like a real You know deep pocketed family office to institutional so for us to say hey We can bring in others in the institutional world was along the way helps us, you know to capture that now, Another allocation. mechanical
0: question for you. So you closed first with equity from this family office, and then um, You brought in the institutional partners later. Was there a um, a, a pricing negotiation or in other words, did they come in at par or did you, did you mark up the investment? Uh,
1: Good question, so we actually had different deals. So, you know, the first deal was all family office, the next deal was family office and, you know, institutional. The next deal was all institutional. So, so basically, we didn't sell off pieces in an existing deal. Got we it. Just did separate New. Right, see.
0: OK, so yeah. new deals. All right. So I, I want to get into this process of raising institutional capital, because I think, like, for again, for all of us or for most of us, that's just like this world that we do not have access to. Um, so walk us through like uh, 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 what that's like. I mean, obviously, you don't just like walk up and like start knocking on the door. So um, how, how, what's the what are the entry points for those kind of relationships? Well, how
1: much time do you have? <laughs> <laughs> um, well. Um, yeah, I, I will say things may be a little different today uh, because there has been, I think, a greater focus on supporting emerging managers today versus when we were starting versus even before that. So, uh, but you know, for us, there was an advisor between us and our large pension fund, we were talking about, um, we had ultimately, though, had known both the pension fund and that advisor knew us from our history before. So we've been, again, in the business for 25 years at that point. Uh, and so at least there was a, a ramp, right, to at least have those They know you.
0: They, right. they know you. You're not just cold calling them. Okay. Right. Right. Was this, because um, I know that there are obviously like there are RFPs where people are kind of like it's like a, 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 con, a beauty pageant or whatever. This was more of a relationship type sale.
1: Exactly. Exactly. Right. So you have uh, those who are, I call it the gatekeepers for emerging managers have their process. And we happen to be, you know, uh, lined up with one of them. Um, there is a broader RFP process, uh, which is, you know, in my mind, is sort of designed for Blackstone, right? And the folks like that where have I forget how many trillions of dollars of capital they they own, but you have you know real resources behind responding and bringing them in. Uh, and then you have uh, situations where, um, you know, through other relationships, you're able to have direct access to some of that, those larger dollars.
0: So, right. let's, so let's talk about that. Um, and I don't know if you, if you want to say great, uh, but if you don't, it's okay too, who that first investor was. Um, but walk us through, so you, you, you have a relationship with the advisor, you negotiate presumably an LOI, and then there's this question of like, what actually happens next? What the diligence process, the docs, walk us through what that was like.
1: Sure, sure, uh, so um, I think it's public, yeah. So the uh, the, the pension fund is CalSTRS, California Teachers Retirement System, I think about $200 billion of size now in total. Um, it's about 10% of that to real estate, plus or minus. Um, and then um, the they were advised by a group called Belay Investment Group, who have been great partners in kind of going through this process. And um, with respect to you know the next stages, get from an LOI and then going through to uh, diligence. Well, diligence is, Um, you know, a detailed accounting of every investment you've made. Uh, It is a detailed uh, review of your thesis, right? Not just doing a bunch of deals, but what's behind why you're doing them. Uh, It's a detailed assessment of your team, right? Uh, Do you have the infrastructure uh, on the team uh, outsourced otherwise to actually execute and and report in the appropriate way? And you
0: guys are a new firm at this point. So, so I can imagine that that was a little bit of a stressful process, or at least a, a time-consuming one.
1: It was, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, I, I think, well, you know, again, credit, I mean, granted, the, you know, the, 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 the objective, right, um, in terms of the capital that's being sought after are multiples different than what you have in the family office space. I mean, several, like 10x. Right. Right, so the goal is, is extraordinary because the lane for the capital uh, is, is quite large. Um, but getting to it, it, it takes time. Right? So you're
0: just gonna, I mean, you're, there's a real cost to you and the organization for going through this process, but the goal, if you, if you get there, the goal is huge checks and, and, and lots of leeway to, to put it out.
1: Exactly, exactly, so, um, and you know, we're still entrepreneurs, um, you know, with, with I, I guess we were a startup in actuality of our business and name, uh, but not at all in terms of our experience and track record. So that's still a big disconnect. Sure, <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, the reality is you, got, you need to sequence how you build your infrastructure. You need to sequence the fact that, well, first you start out with a smaller team, then you bring in you know, the accounting, then you bring in you know, those who are focused on investor relations and then other staff and what have you. Uh, and so there is a very key sequencing we go through the process in order to be ready for the obligations you have when you want to be basically, a, I mean, you're a fiduciary, right, to really important people, uh, you know, who, who are counting on you and how you report, um, you know, and otherwise. so you
0: and so so the so just again, to, to, to break down the mechanics here, you're going to put on a bunch of overhead before you're starting to take in fees. And so that's Correct. so that and that that's part of the reason you had to take the seed money in the first place, because you need to be able to fund that 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 those losses going from, right. in the beginning. Right. Okay. All right. So um, what's it like to negotiate docs with a with a with a big institutional investor? Like, is it extremely painful? even more than extremely painful, what are we talking about?
1: Yeah, it's a good question. I mean, I think um, I, we may be lucky, but, you know, like I, I said to you before, there's some great people in our business and there's some not-so-great people in our business. We were dealing with great people. So in terms of the back-and-forth, the when you disagree, it's a negotiation, not a demand, you know, and there's, there's always a negotiation no matter what you do. Um, so from that vantage point, you know, we've been fortunate, I think. Uh, I think more broadly, though, it just takes time takes a lot more time. You know, what takes whatever call it, an hour with a family office could take a year with an institution. And you So that's the only thing I think. And I think you is had different. and
0: you had um, we talked about this before, in your time at Canyon you had seen these kind of docs before. Uh, and presumably helped negotiate them before. Uh, you were working with attorneys who were used to negotiating with institutional investors. All of these things kind of helped in a, in a way that maybe if I were trying to do this, I would not have access to that expertise.
1: Yeah, that's true. And in that case, I mean, so yeah, we had a, a pretty good familiarity of how this would work and what to expect. So, you know, if you don't have that, then just have a great lawyer. Uh, who is solution-oriented and not uh, a brick wall.
0: I think so. we've all experienced uh, lawyers screwing up deals before. Um, okay, so, uh, so you, you negotiate what becomes—I um, think you described it as a, as a one-LP one fund, effectively. Is that, is that a fair characterization?
1: Yeah, I mean, it's basically—it's like a fund of one, right? Um, and, you know, the LP does have decisions on being able to you know, actually invest in a deal, uh, but they are the LP. Right, um, and we are migrating from. So we started out, just to give you right. So we started out with family office, you know, deal by deal. Uh, we have a sort of fund of one, right, in terms of how we structured with this large pension fund, and uh, then you know, sort of an offshoot. We we did raise our own separate discretionary fund uh, for you know GP capacity, co GP. We can partner with GPs as well as do our own deals, uh, and now we're looking at okay, well, the typical commingle fund is not only that larger. Pension fund, but other larger, you know, investors into a commingled structure uh, down the road. And, and that's there. Uh,
0: that's so. like a standard real estate private equity fund structure. But let's talk about um, uh, how you get. Uh, let's talk about first of all relative sizes. So that can, and if you can if you can't, don't worry about it. But um, the size of that initial CalSTRS fund of one, what roughly? Can you is it public? How large that is, or no?
1: Trying to remember, but I think um, well. So nobody else is watching this, right?
0: (laughs) (laughs) It won't go out all over the internet. Okay, all right. So I'm not going to remember.
1: But uh, let's see. I would say that um, in the we had so we had two series, right? Um, The first series we were set up to do about 150 of real estate total, and the next series was set up to do 300 million dollars of real estate, right? Uh, And then. and then go from there. So, that, so that's those are the two big chunks. So that, along the like, way for, for that I mean, I think basis. I think
0: you can see there, like, why it's worth going through the pain of negotiating with these guys, <laughs> right? right? You got it, mm-hmm. right? Uh, uh, so that's a lot of firepower. Mm-hmm. Um, so it sounds like they have um, they they have some decision rights around what deals you do, but um, when you're negotiating one of these things, presumably there's a box that you agree, like this is the thesis. Okay. Um, uh, Within that thesis, how much room do you have? Like, uh, are you constrained to certain geographies, certain product types? Um, Walk us through that.
1: Yeah, That's a good question. Well, I mean, it was sort of self-defined. So, you know, we were very focused on just picking the two biggest markets. We said, look, we want to be in California, Texas, urban, mixed use, uh, sort of middle market and what have you. What do you mean by middle
0: market? Sorry, just everyone. Fair enough.
1: Um, So, um, you know, for us, you know, anywhere where you can invest on the call it the, on the I say on the equity side just in terms of yep. equity um, and call it you know on the very very low end around ten million dollars right you know sort of in that area uh, up to 30 to, to 40 million dollars okay right yep. so in that sweet spot um, you know I, I, I'm not to pick on Blackstone but you know Blackstone can't do anything for less than investing equity of probably 200 million dollars
0: Right. Okay. Right. So, you're, and so you've got this like space where you maybe it's a little less competitive. Right. right. Now, in terms of product type and strategy, um, could you can you can you back could you back a developer? Could you like I mean were you were you constrained in terms of in terms of what you're going to do with the real estate? That's a good
1: question. So earlier, less so. Today, more so. Interesting. Right, so Walk us
0: through. Yeah. How? Did, mm-hmm. Why? Uh, why? Why have you focused in like that?
1: Yeah. So uh, it's it's um, a bit of a an interesting. Sort of evaluation circle, but you know, for when we were looking at opportunities earlier, we thought there was a better uh, spread, right? You know, relative to the risk uh, in a deal, in going and focusing on more on value add generally, right? So that's from our vantage point. From a, an investor's vantage point, it looks like less risk, right? So it's sort of sort of mutual in that respect yep. in terms of going after the world uh, today. Depending on the market you're looking at, depends on the market. Um, it's sort of flipped, you know. Now to buy, since everyone else is thinking about value add, and you know that yield is compressed to nothing.
0: Ruining my life. Right. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> right.
1: So if I can, you know, I'll pick uh, un- unspoken, you know, whatever submarket. But if I could buy for a three cap, right, and try to grow to a four point five return on cost, like um, okay, fine, I'll do that. But why not? Invest in a development, and then feel good about an untrended five to five and a half percent return on cost, and believing it can grow to maybe a six. That makes sense to me. You know that that type of thing, and that's the evolution of where we've been looking of late. Uh, And so that's part of why we're looking at that a bit more now than we did historically.
0: That makes sense to me. Okay. So, um, let's go back in time to, we're, we're talking now, you, you, you signed up your, your first deal with Calsters, your first, um, allocation with Calsters, Um, and you, you're still kind of like balancing this chicken and the egg problem of, okay, you had some deals, you got them done with the family office. Now you've got uh, a larger capital commitment from Calsters, and, and potentially more on the way. How do you then start to broaden out your deal flow and the ability to execute?
1: Uh, yeah, yes good question. Man. I think um, a couple things first is that, um, you know, we certainly added to our team through that time. So that was important to, for us to scale. And as much as I'd love to clone myself over and over again, that's impossible. So man, I think we go through that as entrepreneurs.
0: Can uh, I ask, so, I'm yeah. sorry to mm-hmm. cut you off, but mm-hmm. this is so again, for a lot of a lot of people here are going through this process right now, including me, mm-hmm. which is uh, you're growing, uh, you have capital deploy, uh, you can start to generate deal flow um, and you've got to grow your team. And there's this question of. Um, do you try to hire junior people and train them in the way that you want things done or is it better to pay up for veterans who are coming in with that expertise? And obviously you've got a long background, so you probably know a lot of people. How did you guys think about 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 that trade-off?
1: Uh, that's a very good question. Um, and I think it probably depends on the time that we're talking about, but uh, you know, in the early days, you know, we had a strong view that we wanted to um, you know, make sure that we were training our team to do things the way that we like to see things done, yep. so probably waited more you know junior right um, you know today you know we did bring on just a superstar uh, you know m d uh, who is on our team now chris Cowan, uh, who has deep experience um, across the board who um, while we know everything we we don 't we know most things not everything so, right. <laughs> um, uh, ultimately, um, so I think there's a migration, right? You know, so as uh, your firm
0: out. matures, you're able to attract higher-end people and and pay them. Frankly, I mean, you're the 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 asset management fees are presumably growing as the as the firm grows, and you can afford these kind of people.
1: Well, yes, and we <laughs> would certainly want to continue to grow a lot faster to all of those who are uh, listening <laughs> here. <laughs> so yeah, well, uh, I mean, so I think yeah, we, so yeah. it's 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 a long game. I'm telling you, right? So. That's the one thing I, I do want to you know, also you know, sort of convey is that um, we have made just a, an incredible amount of progress, uh, you know, on our team, uh, in the neighborhoods we've touched, and what have you. But we are on a true long game uh, relative to you know sort of the fast trade situations that we see in other sectors.
0: Yeah, I mean, I, I when I, when I'm, I'm interviewing people for Adaptive. I always make this joke, which no one laughs at, which is like, I'm like, I'm, gonna, I'm like, I'm going to die behind this desk or one that looks pretty similar. And everyone looks at me like, what the fuck is wrong with you? Yeah, that's quite <laughs> But it's quite like, a selling point. but I mean, it's like <laughs> you're, these, the, you're building one of these businesses. It's, it's absolutely like a multi, multi decade uh, journey that you're on. And you're all that hiring and all that stuff is like got to be done with an eye towards what does this thing look like at at the scale that we're trying to get to, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. what's the culture we want to build right. and all that stuff.
1: Exactly. exactly. Um,
0: I think I think maybe we want to talk about this even a little bit more because um, I think lost sometimes in the conversation about building one of these firms is people focus on the deals. It's like oh, it's super excited. We're doing a 50 million dollar deal. This blah, blah blah. Um, The point of one of the points of this gathering is to talk about the evolution of that firm. And like the GP firm is it's it's basically a small business. I mean, you know, it's literally if you look at the revenue and you look at the I mean, literally, it's a it's a small business that's swinging around a disproportionately large amount of capital. But fundamentally, you're building a small business with all of the issues that that entails, which is. How do you balance revenue versus cost? And how do you make sure that you're making enough money to live while you're also reinvesting in the business? Mm-hmm. Has that been um, a challenge for you? How do you and Quincy think about that together? Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, well, I mean, I think, um, yeah, no question is a challenge, right? I mean, we're, we're effectively writing checks every, you know, every month, right, right. every year. And, uh, but, you know, what, a couple of things. The first is uh, opportunity set is massive. We believe in it. It's just something bigger than all of us. so you know, that we feel good good about, Um, than our values, right? You know, when, uh, you know, we look around the table and for, uh, you know, situations where we have other investment managers uh, that are doing what we do, there are very few that have our backgrounds, very few that have, you know, look like us. It's not about looks, but, you know, it's not very few that have, you know, sort of what we bring to the table. And so, you know, for us, uh, there is something bigger than, you know, trying to, you know, whatever. There's a the there's a growth, mission there, right? is what you're saying. Oh, absolutely. absolutely. That's interesting,
0: and I, I imagine that that is actually pretty helpful in terms of attracting talent. I mean, I always say when we're hiring people, I'm like, we're not curing cancer, mm-hmm. <laughs> which mm-hmm. definitely like limits in certain ways the kind of people who are willing to work for you. Mm-hmm. What you're saying is because you've got this this mission uh, underlying the firm mm-hmm. that opens up some other recruitment possibilities. That's it. A very...
1: It does. It does. You know, and I think um, you know if you think about uh, the impact that we're making. Uh, and in communities, right? I mean, we have an uh, awesome. And next time, you got to have an event there. But we have an, an awesome property in Koreatown called uh, Chapman Plaza, uh, which
0: oh, I love uh, that place. Actually, like, I, I, yeah, I, I, like, yeah, I absolutely well, love. Thank it, you yeah. for your service. <laughs> 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 um,
1: but uh, and if you know it, it has amazing Korean barbecue. Uh, it is if you look at the tenants there, one hundred percent Korean or Japanese.
0: Ownership. It's a fantastic place. Right. I recommend if you guys want to eat Korean barbecue, there is a spectacular place. Uh, uh, I'm a blanking on the name now, and I wouldn't be able to pronounce it correctly. Oh, okay. yeah. Thank you. Borders. <laughs> <Okay>. Yes. <laughs> yes.
1: <laughs> yes. Fan- uh, fantastic. Right. I've overeaten
0: right. there uh, multiple times.
1: So, I mean, so think about that, right? So, you know, that, that's a deal, right? But we went in, and that property was not in good shape when we bought it. Uh, we're a couple of brothers from, you know, uh, Jamaica and Detroit, you know, who own it now, you know, with our partners. Uh, it is 100%, you know, Korean, Japanese, for the most part, you know, in terms of the tenant base. Uh, you look at the lines, and, and it's people from all walks of life. It's younger, crazy. It's amazing. Younger, cooler than me, again. right? Uh, but, you know, and again, I eat, I'm more vegetarian, you know, pescatarian. <laughs> I don't eat any <laughs> of this stuff. Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> but when you look at that and you see that, you know what, we've tilted the narrative in this neighborhood, right, uh, that also is just uh, as, as, as satisfying and fulfilling in addition to great cash flow and all those other things. So you sort of need to have a little more than, you know, let me just try to do the next deal. You know, what are we doing to change the narrative in some of these communities where today, because we invested in this one particular property, we've made an experience that's better for, you know, everyone Absolutely. who comes
0: to it. Yeah, um, that makes sense to me. I, another nuts and bolts question, this is something that has bedeviled uh, us in our development. Um, did you guys pre-agree salaries for, the, for yourselves? In other words, there's a temptation as you grow one of these GP businesses to, to, to wanna suck all of the, the fee income back out of it right as cuz you 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 sweated and bled to build this thing now it's growing there's free cash flow available and there's this question of like do i put it in my pocket or do i reinvest it um, and and there's and there can be different de- de- uh, desires for for money for each of you did you pre agree like okay we're going to take salaries of this much and everything above that we're going to plow back into the business like how mechanically how did that work
1: well i mean we just do have you know ranges how we think about that right i mean you can't you, you need to uh, well, two things for us to a couple of things. First is that there is just the, you know, there's salary bonus, right? Um, and, but then there's also equity participation, right? Uh, and that's at the deal or at the firm. Uh, so we put that all into the soup and then, you know, do it in a way that everyone feels, you know, treated properly, ultimately. And that often means though that, um, you know, I, I'm not buying any boats anytime. So right. It's not my style, by the way, but you know, <laughs> let's just put it that way, right? Uh, but at the same time, um, you know, what we try to make sure we do is that those who join us are thinking about all the elements, uh, as well. Uh, but, uh, it's an investment, you know, from, from us. Uh, yeah. so it's, it's, it's a balancing act. So it's not pre-agreed, but we, you know, it's, it's adjusted along the way. That
0: makes sense to me. That. I mean, I, so I, I guess I want to, um, just to make sure everyone's clear about that. There's kind of like two levels of investment going on. There's like, uh, Uh, we're working for our promote, but then in the GP entity itself, there is foregoing income that we could otherwise take in order to grow the GP entity, Um, which I think is, is a, is a, is a challenge as a small business owner, basically. Um, And I think you're approaching it thoughtfully. I want to talk in the, in the time that we have remaining about um, what you're doing now. So um, you have established the, the, the institutional relationship and, and, presumably looking for more, um, and you're also trying to grow the types of deals that you do and the partners with whom you do them. So it's, again, the chicken and the egg. Um, so talk to us about both of those sides, the fundraising side, uh, as, it, as it looks right now, and the and then growing the deal flow. Mm-hmm.
1: Sure, sure. Well, I mean, the, the, the good news in terms of our partners and um, our support, you know, we're looking to continue to grow that support. Uh, by that support also in terms of the uh, capital partners um, would include others who are large, uh, I mean, often, you know, endowments, foundations, pension funds, right? And is that so, easy?
0: Once you get that, like sort of stamp of approval from Calsters, does does that make pushing through these doors for the next ones easier?
1: I mean, it, it does. It does. Um, uh, it, it, nothing's guaranteed at all. We take nothing for granted at all. Uh, but you know, the fact that you know we are fortunate to have one of the largest pension funds as a partner, you know, speaks to our quality, our team, the deals, all that, all that thing. So it's an easy. You know, it's, it's not the only checkbox, it's just the one checkbox that at least makes it easier to have those conversations. Uh, but again, we take nothing for granted, right? Um, and so, so long story short is that uh, we talked about, you know, starting in the family office world, right? We're now talking about not just, you know, a couple key large, uh, you know, institutional investors, but a number of them, right? Uh, so that's that's the one thing. The, you know, the other thing is, well, well what are we seeing that gets us excited today? Well, I mean, I think that ultimately, um, Uh, this last two years has been tough, you know, on- For us too. Urban mixed-use communities. It's been difficult. Uh, And, you know, while those who can afford to go move to Bozeman or go to Salt or whatever, you know, are doing it, right, you know, we believe in the urban recovery, period full stop, right? We believe in being part of the solution for, you know, situations where, you know what, the business plans are longer than expected now right? Uh, the, the, the return to the cities and the return to being in front of each other is still has some uncertainty around it, right? But I tell you that people want to be together in front of each other. And so um, how do we attack that? And how do we be part of that? Uh, we can be part of that through being a GP ourselves, right? And investing for amazing assets that are priced better than they were pre pandemic. Nothing's cheap. <laughs> nothing's <know>. cheap right? <laughs> uh, but it is definitely less um, of, a, of a barrier to entry than it was in some of these markets uh, two years ago hands down right? uh, we can co-GP right? there are many others out there in the world you know, today who have great you know, uh, resources in terms of deal flow but would love to work and partner with us right? and we could bring our capital you know, to be a solution there uh, we can be, you know, uh, an investor. Uh, we, prefer, we provide a preferred equity to partners that we think, you know, have a solution. But the business plan went out of whack. Uh, the debt is out of time. Things of that nature
0: that, uh, uh, So those are the things that we're looking really really interesting. And I think maybe uh, to close, I'd like to ask um, specifically around that sort of like because we have we obviously have a bunch of entrepreneurial operators out here, maybe one of whom could be, you know, enter into one of these relationship with you. Um, uh, how are you look? How how are you sourcing those those opportunities? The structured finance opportunities, the coGP opportunities. Is it a, a process you have? Are you out there beating the bushes for them? Is it more ad hoc? How's that going?
1: Well, I mean, I think um, well, two things. First is uh, given that we're so bloody old in what we do, <laughs> um, there's a networking effect of right, people of course. we know and what we see. Um, And then in addition to that, we do talk to city council people. You know, we do talk to lawyers. We do talk to owners and operators. You know, we've been tracking neighborhoods for uh, some cases two decades now. So again, there's a lot of pre-work that has been done to create situations where we see something a little different in some neighborhoods. Uh, And and so um, I would say, in summary, all of the above.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Well, we're all all trying to find deals in a difficult environment right now, so it makes a lot of sense. Thank you so much. Really, uh, really appreciate it.
1: Well, thank you for having me. It's an honor.